Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. These are 10 wealth building lessons to teach your kids and the future generation. I'm tired of us not teaching wealth to our kids. Wealth is not money. Wealth is freedom. Now, before we hop into today's show, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe so you can be notified every single time we drop a new video. Alrighty, now let's jump into the show. Welcome to the table. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna get real. We're gonna get right. Building up wealth. We're gonna give life. Welcome to the table. Did you know that kids from wealthier backgrounds, when I say wealthier backgrounds, I'm talking about individuals who make at least a quarter million dollars or more a year, um, often get a head start when it comes to money. And it's not because, uh, not just because the money that they receive because because of their wealthy parents, but because of the wealthy conversations they have earlier on in life. This is early exposure, and early exposure can create a noticeable gap in financial knowledge between different groups. Research reveals that an early introduction to financial education can set a child on path to better savings, little to no debt, and for people who really care about it, high credit scores in their adulthood. Uh, But there is a curveball. A survey that I just recently read from T. Rowe Price suggests that many of our parents still clear of certain many uh, money topics. Why? Because of the lack of their financial knowledge and the lack of their money experience. So these individuals normally make in between 40 to one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars a year who tend to avoid having a healthy money conversation. Yet, in the midst of these silent moments, our parents are teaching us um, often unknowingly. So if they are talking about money, they tend to be teaching the wrong things. You know, prime example, uh, growing up, my parents didn't really teach me wrong, but they left out a lot of different things. Growing up, it was, hey, if I give you $10 for your allowance, and I hate the term allowance, we're going to talk about that today, you got to give God $1. That's really one of the only money conversations that I actually had. Let me put my phone on mute. Uh, It's one of the only money conversations that I had. It's like, yo, you got to give God his 10%. But I really didn't hear the conversation of here's how you build wealth. Here's here's how you start a business. You know, Um, I heard the credit conversations, you know, a little bit growing up because of their credit conversation talks. But I didn't really have parents sit down and tell me what to do. And partially it was because my parents were living paycheck to paycheck. So they didn't really know what to honestly teach me. So we got to start having a conversation around every budget that you set, every penny that you spend, and everything that you model is an important uh, sense of conversation that you need to have with your young people. So with this backdrop, I want to really dive into uh, the 10 things, the 10 wealthy building lessons millionaires, wealthy individuals are having with their kids. And these are the conversations that as I've been around wealthy individuals who have kids, I've just noticed, okay, um, um, what, what kind of conversation are you having? Prime example, this, this was sparked to me because, um, this has nothing to do with money, but it, it, it has everything to do with money somewhat in a way. Um, I remember when I first joined Ramsey Solutions and the, uh, individual who was over, um, all of the personalities there, uh, man, he, I fir- I remember it was my first year there 
And he said, hey, man, I'm about to go away for a couple of days. Are you good? And I said, yeah, what you about to do? He said, man, I'm taking my son up to the mountains, and we're going to have a man conversation about sex and why purity is important. So he took away his son for three weeks, and they had a Bible study, not for three weeks, for three days, and they had a Bible study of why um, um, abstaining until marriage is important from a biblical perspective. And I asked a question. I was like, man, is that something that you practice? And uh, he said, yeah, I was a virgin when I got I got married. And, and all of his kids um, were virgins until they got married. And um, and this is his youngest son. And I was like, wow. And then I started asking around the room. Uh, and a lot of the personalities were virgins until they got married. And it was because their parents had healthy conversations with them earlier on. And so as I started being around other millionaires, I was like, yo, what kind of conversations are you having with your young people, with your kids that you believe is going to set them up to be ahead of the average kid in America? And a lot of them had healthy conversations around money. And I said, okay, cool. What are the top three things that you're talking about? And I gathered all that information and I put into one show because I was honestly taking notes for myself. And then I said, you know what? Although I don't have kids, I can help you all who do have kids and help you all understand these are the things you need to be doing with your kids. So I really want you to 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 um, actually don't even write these down. I'm actually going to put this in a PDF. I'm going to put this in a PDF and we're going to put that link in today's show notes. Click it, download it. And I want you to um, to really go through this with your spouse and watch it. Let me say this. too. Let me say this up front. Um Some of you may not be married to your child's father or mother. I don't say this respectfully. Yeah, I'm going to say this respectfully because I'm going to say this respectfully. I want to be sensitive to to the issues to where there needs to be no relationship. I do. But I also do believe that we have a lot of parents who are not with their child's child's other parent. And sometimes... uh, it's because of our personal issues that we have with them that prevents us from being on the same page to raising our kid. So I'm not asking you to have the best relationship but when it, with, with your uh, child's parent, the other parent. But when it comes to raising them and teaching them, you two should be on one accord. And these 10 things that I'm going to give you, I want you to print off one copy for you and one copy for the other parent and send it to the other parent or send them this video so you two can get on the same page. Because I'm going to be real. Our black kids need this information. I'm tired of us not teaching wealth to our kids. Wealth is not money. Wealth is freedom. And if you didn't get this shirt, I'm sorry. If you didn't get this hoodie, I'm sorry you missed out. But wealth is not just money. It is freedom. And wealth starts at home. It starts when that kid is three years old. It starts when that kid is five years old. And the stuff I'm going to teach today may contradict what you were taught growing up. But I promise you, I've seen these young people. I'm not saying these kids are perfect kids. I'm not saying they're making all the right decisions. But what I am saying, these 10 things I'm going through today The Bible says, train your child in the way that they should go. So when they leave, if they leave the training, they will come back because the training has to come back. And so I'm going to give you these 10 things. And these are very, very, very important. And I'm going to dial in. So here's number one. You got to define wealth early on. You you, you got to break down exactly what is wealth. We got to stop teaching our kids and stop showing our kids what, oh, ooh, 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 God just checked me. Um, um, our kids see living paycheck to paycheck. Ooh. They see struggle. They see us trying to survive. They need to see and hear what is wealth. What is freedom? Wealth, we got to stop. Um, um, young people growing up, I thought growing up, you know, if I was rich, you know what I'm saying? Can I, can I just be real? I'm just going to be real. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just going to be real. I thought uh, being rich was I had the real nice car. I had the girl with the big old booty and I had a real nice house. That's what I thought rich was. No one, no one sat down and told me rich and wealth is two different things. Rich means you have a lot of money. Wealth means you have freedom. 
Rich means that I, that, that, that I got a lot of money today, but I can be broke tomorrow. Wealth means I have options to where if I don't want to go in tomorrow to work, I can go. I, I can be like, okay, bye. Wealth means that I can survive days and days and days without money coming in. Wealth means that if I want this car or that car, I can buy both cars. Wealth means if my wife is sick and tired of working, I can say, baby, retire, come home. Wealth means if my church, if my community needs a hundred thousand, fifty thousand, a million dollars, wealth means I can sow into that. Wealth means I could be generous. Wealth gives me options and we need to start educating our kids that wealth isn't just about accumulating a lot of money. It's about expanding our options and choices in life. Take your kids, take your kids out. Take your kids out looking at houses. Show them this house and then drive them 10, 10 miles down the road. So not, not that house. Um, I forgot. Michelle J. What would they call that? CJ. What would they call that? Um, um, something of homes. Parade of homes. You know how often I, I often go out to the parade of homes and I see all these beautiful homes. I, I want to show my kids at, at 10 years old. You can have this. One of my, one of my, well, I can't call her a friend because we don't talk anymore, but uh, uh, there was a young lady um, who I used to date back in the days, back in the days um, in, and in, 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 in uh, Cincinnati, uh, she has a very nice elementary school and she takes her kids on college visits in elementary school. I said, why are you doing this? She said, because early on, I want to paint a picture in their head of what they can have. I don't want them to only see the stress that they see. I don't want them to only grow up and think that life is about struggle. Life is about this. I want them to see options. I want them to see opportunity. And so at in the fifth grade, I take them to where they'll be in the next 10 to 15 years. That's wealth. Wealth is more than just money. Wealth is options and choices of life. And what I've learned from wealthy people is that they start taking their kids and start educating their kids earlier on that, hey, yes, you see us struggling, but son, you don't have to be here. But daughter, you don't have to be here. You can be here. What? Huh? It's not just about the struggle. We got to stop telling our kids, you got you to gotta start where I say, you got to get it from the ground up. You got to go out there and bust your butt. No, they need to bust their butt, but our kids are not starting where we started from. If I end at 100 million, my kids are starting at 105 million. They're not starting at zero. We got to start. We got to start. We got to start teaching our kids wealth early on. Here's number two. Here's number two. Because I got 10 things. <laughs> I got 10 things. Don't forget, we are going to give you a PDF of this, of, of these, 10, these 10 things that wealthy people are teaching their kids. So I want you to dial in. I want you to listen to this thing and start thinking about in your mind. What is it? What can we do? How can we do this? How can we start doing this with our kids? And listen, some of you all may not be in a position to where you are making that money. We may feel guilty or may, we may feel bad about, well, dang, I'm not wealthy. I, I, I don't have this. That's fine. Start teaching your kids this right now. Here's number two. You got to start teaching your kids to mind their own business. And, and there's two components here that I really want to talk about. And, and you've all heard me say this, say this before. It's, it's, it's um, how do I say this? It's a good God. This is good right here, boy. I'm feeling this. I'm, y'all, I'm loving this teaching stuff. Like, I love interviews, but I love when I can just speak what's on my mind, boy. What is good? Um, um, we got to teach two things. Two things. Earlier on, earlier on, there's two components when it comes to mind your business. Uh, the first component is what we all hear it as. 
Mind your business, son. Stay out of other people's business. Stay out of other people's lives. Don't try and be like them. Because when we start trying, when we start looking at other people's business and other people's uh, things and lifestyles, we tend to chase that lifestyle. And we don't know the heck, the hell, the drama, or whatever's behind them to get in that lifestyle. And what we tend to do is chase that. Now we're broke. Now we're depressed. Now we're stressed out because we're trying to uh, mind somebody else's business. When we need to be minding our own business. Stay out of other people's life. I have to do that. You know, there's a lot of people like in my space that who I love, I'm praying for, I'm rooting for, but I got to stay out of their business because if I'm always looking at what they're doing and how they're doing it, then I'm telling my team, we need to do it like this. We need to do it like that. And I'm starting to learn that God has called me in a different direction, but in the same space. We're in the same space, but I'm going a different direction because he's called me to different people. Those individuals are going the right direction, but they're called to a different group of people. And if I'm trying to to be like them, then what I'm doing is I'm not serving the people who I've been called to. Now, watch this. Now I'm not making the money I should be making because those people are not my people. So we're in the same space, but going different directions. And I just got to mind my business. And we teach young people. I don't care if you see them at 16 and they driving a Mercedes Benz. I, I don't care if you see them going off to this college and this high-end college. I don't care about that. Mind your business and what is your direction. Then on the second part of this is your mind is a business. So son, daughter, what are you reading? What are you putting into your system? Um, um, I saw that a lot of wealthy individuals, their sons and daughters have like the PlayStations and, you know, the kitty games and stuff like that. Uh, but they put them on time limits of how much time they can honestly be on that. Um, um, there was one wealthy individual I was around. He's worth about about 20 million dollars. Right. And uh, he requires his kids to come home. And when they come home. Uh, they sit down with their mom because she's a stay-at-home mom, and they sit down and they talk about what did they learn at school while they're doing their homework. Um, after their homework, they got to read for 30 minutes every single day that has nothing to do with school, but it has everything to do with what they desire to do down the road. So this kid is 14 years old, and he thinks he wants to be a doctor. So his requirement is you got to read 30 minutes on something about being a doctor. His daughter, uh, she said that she wants to be a school teacher. So he says, okay, cool, great. You got to read 30 minutes every single day. Day on something around education and teaching. And I was like, wow. He said, and what I do is every month they got to write me a report. And when they write me a report, they are then rewarded for that report. Whether that's we go out to their favorite ice cream spot, we go out to their favorite restaurant, like they're rewarded for doing the work. And we're going to talk about that because a lot of parents teach allowance, not commission. We're going to get into it today. And so they are, they are teaching their kids, when you come home, before you start building and putting other stuff into your business, eh, um, grow your business first. There's nothing wrong with watching Netflix and there's nothing wrong with playing PlayStation and playing the latest, you know, NBA 2K, what, 23, 24, or whatever that is. There's nothing wrong with that. But what are you doing to grow your business? Because studies show readers are millionaires. People who take the time to learn something, to build their business, what comes in you has to come out of you. And so if they're reading, if they're speaking these things into their minds and into their hearts and into their souls, she's going to be a school teacher. Oh, watch this. She may, while she's reading and learning about school teaching and education, she may learn that she doesn't want to be a school teacher. She may learn she may want to be a doctor or a hairstylist or, or a lawyer or, or, or a counselor. I don't know. But watch this. What, what is this doing to help them financially? Well, if you're making your kids, if your kids say, hey, mom and dad, I think I'm going to be this at 13 or at 14 and you're making them study on it. Well, if they're reading up on it and they come back to you and say, mom, that I do not want to do that. Rather than waiting until they get into college, thinking they want to be a school teacher. Now they get halfway through school and they realize I don't want to be a school teacher or better yet. They do all four years and they realize I don't want to be a school teacher. Now you just wasted money. Now you just wasted money and you just wasted time. And wealthy people teach their young people, yo, mind your business, grow this first, read, study, improve, grow, evolve, mature. And, and what I'm listing here, this is not, this is not something that only people or millionaires can do. 
your kid. You making $30,000 a year, you could be teaching this to your kid, and your kid could be making $30,000 a month. So, so, so number two, number two, number two, they're teaching their kids how to mind their business. They're teaching their kids, don't worry about someone else's lifestyle and grow this. What podcast are you listening to? One of the millionaires listen to my friend Dave Ramsey all the time. All the time. He's like 15. I love Dave. I'm like, you love Dave? He's like, I love listening because I've been listening to him for, you know, over two years now. And now when people call in, I could answer their questions for Dave. I could take Dave's mic. And I'm like, that's dope, man. That's dope. They're growing this. And they're always making sure that their young people are enjoying their youthfulness. And I, and I, and I want to I want, I want pause right there because one of the things that when it comes to mining your businesses, which, 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 bring this, which brings this all together is this is not something that I see all wealthy people doing. I'm going to be very honest there. But the ones who are really dialed in spiritually, the ones who have, oh, this is good, the ones who really have a wholeness attached to their philosophy, right? Like, I want you to be financially whole. I want you to be healthy whole. I want you to be sound in mind. Um, when it comes to minding their business, they understand that their mind is their number one business. And if their mind is not healthy, they're not going to have a healthy business. And so, and so one thing I'm seeing now on more and more, which is actually pretty good, is they're sending their kids in middle school and high school to therapy. I'm like, wait, what? Like, I, this is new for me. Like, I'm going to therapy. And I've seen maybe about, I would say about 30 to 40% of the wealthy individuals, they've invested into monthly therapy into their kids. They're not going weekly. They're not even going every week. They go once a month for one hour. They sit down and they talk with their therapist. And I think, wow, early on, you're spending time to invest into your kids' therapy? And watch this, their parents um, go as well. So when the kids go in, the kids come out, they sit out there in the lobby, and the parents go right in. So what do they see? Not only are they getting the therapy, but they see their parents getting therapy, which confirms to their kids that, wow, my mind is important because even my parents are doing it. This is good. I mean, this is this is like you don't send your kids to therapy only when something goes wrong. You need to start doing that ahead of time to so you can prevent something going wrong. How many kids are we seeing um, um, commit suicide? How many kids are we out there? How many kids are we seeing on it? They're shooting up things. If we can honestly start giving them the mental help, giving them the preventative stuff ahead of time, our kids are not just going to be wealthy. They're going to be healthy. And that's where my friends at BetterHelp come into place, because not place, come into play because they provide therapy for young people and for adults and for marriage counseling, you name it. Speaking of that, as a matter of fact, check this out. What's going on, fam? It's your boy Anthony O'Neill here, and I want to thank my dear friends at BetterHelp for sponsoring today's amazing show. Now, here's the thing. The end of the year can be a mixed bag of emotions. Let's be real, right? Uh, joy, stress, and a bit of seasonal blues, especially if we're single. That's why I think it's key to find something positive to kind of balance this thing out. One thing that's worked for me has been therapy because I truly do believe therapy can be a game changer. It's about building skills, setting boundaries, and empowering yourself to be your very best self. And that's where my friends at BetterHelp comes in. It's online therapy, convenient and super flexible. You simply fill out a brief 10-minute questionnaire, get matched with an amazing licensed therapist quickly. And what I really love about it is, let's say if you need to switch and try someone else out, you can. So listen, this season, I want you to find your bright spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash AO. Let's make this season about thriving, not just surviving. Let's get back to the show. Before I went on to like the, the next the next eight things, I really want to stress that minding our business is something we need we need to have for ourselves and we need to be teaching our kids very, 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 very early on. Here's number three. Money comes from working. Yeah. 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 Can I tell you one of the biggest mistakes my parents did with me financially? Mama, I know you're going to see this. I love you. 
uh, I love you. You are the best mother in the whole world. The best mother in the whole world. Uh, because sometimes I think my mama gets offended by um, uh, my my content and uh, my, my, my sister and brother-in-law's content. Uh, but I, I'm saying this is a mistake. But I think my mom, when I think, I know my mom and dad only repeated what they knew. But I think giving your kids an allowance is the worst thing you can do for your kids. Because number three, what I'm seeing with wealthy people is money comes from exchange of working, exchange of doing something. Allowance was because you're my son, because you're my daughter, I'm going to give you an allowance $10 a week. I'm going to give you an allowance of $100 a month. Yeah, you cleaned up your room. That's expected. Yeah, you, you, you wash the dishes. Yeah, that's expected. It's our house. I, I got to help provide for the house. And so what, what allowance taught me was because I'm your son or daughter, I, I expect to be paid. When we got to start educating our young people, our kids, that money comes in exchange of working. So moving forward, what I'm seeing young people do, not young people, what I'm seeing millionaires do is they give their kids commission. They give their kids commission. So if you go out there and you cut someone else's grass, if you go out there and you uh, wash other people's cars, if you go out there and you walk dogs, you walk cats, you feed this, you do that, you exchange for work. So, so anything in the house is not work. That's expectations. I don't, when you get older, you're not going to get paid to vacuum your own floors. But when you get older, you're not going to get paid to clean up your house. And so and so if we can start teaching our kids, hey, you know what, son, um, you did the internal things. You know what? If you if you cut the grass for me and it's good and it's on point, you know, um, um, I'm going to pay you fifteen dollars a week for cutting the grass. You know what? We got two, three cars. I'm going to pay you, you know, twenty five dollars a week for wash, keeping all the cars clean. Put them on a schedule. I expect the grass to be cut between Friday and Sundays. And he will go out there and inspect the grass. Is that line good? And if the line is not good, he's dinged on his pay. Because if he's teaching them real world stuff, like you can't go out there and just rush cut something and expect to get full pay. That's not the world. We got to start teaching our young people early on that just because your mama and daddy rich doesn't mean that you're going to be rich automatically. What does Shaq say? I'm rich. Shaq said, I got a bag. Shaq said, I just bought this $20 million jet. You got to work. We got to start teaching our kids money comes from working. Stop giving your kids allowances. It's saying, I'm allowing you to make this money because you're my kid. No. I love you. I love you. I, I love you. I, oh, oh, my gosh. I so love you. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you got to put in work. And if we can start teaching our, our young kids earlier on to work, man, I think we even have a better, healthier world. Man, I, I come across so many young people who are 20, 21, 22, 23, they don't want to work. They want to run their own business because they saw their mom and daddy run the business. They think just because their mom and daddy run the business, they don't have to serve nobody and help somebody else build their vision. But you don't want to help nobody build their vision, but you want someone to come work with you to help build yours? No. And that's because we gave them allowances. <laughs> that's because we told them, you know, I'm going to take care of you. The world is not going to take care of your kids. And you got to teach your kids how to take care of themselves. All right. So, so, so that's number three. Here's number four. Um, they're teaching them the importance of investing into their future earlier on. I often get questions about life insurance, where to buy, how to find affordable rates, the simplest application process, and most importantly, where to secure coverage instantly. Like people don't want to wait a long time. They want the coverage right now. Giving the startling statistic that nearly 40% of African-Americans do not have life insurance coverage Today, it's even more critical to address these questions. My recommendation to all these questions is simple. My friends over at Ethos Life Insurance. These are the people who hold my life insurance policy. You see, their mission is to simplify life insurance and make it accessible online to everyone. No paperwork, no medical exams, or check this out, no blood tests. You simply answer some health questions online, and just like that, you can secure coverage to 
exact same day. But the cherry on the top, family, Ethos offers an incredible deal that I wish I had when I signed up with them for my life insurance policy about two years ago. You see, when you secure a life insurance policy through them, they will throw in a will and estate plan for 100% free. I'm tripping and I'm excited at the same time because I personally spent $2,500 on my estate plan at the beginning of this year. So getting it free with a life insurance policy that might cost you as low as $50, that's a no brainer. I mean, like none. Don't just take my word for it. You see, Tanner R., a customer, uh, secured a $500,000 30-year policy without a physical exam through Ethos. He says the price was great. The process was completely easy. You see, Ethos truly values our time. You see, Alex got approved for a $1 million uh, policy in just five minutes. She said, simple and straight to the point. Comments were, surprisingly, user-friendly and great communication. So, are you ready to protect your family's financial future? Don't let this statistic define you. I want you to get covered today and get a will and get the life insurance policy and get the, uh, um, the, the what's it called, the uh, estate plan for 100% free. All you got to do is go to anthonyoneal.com forward slash ethos. Again, that is anthonyoneal.com forward slash ethos. Secure your coverage today and ensure peace of mind for your loved ones. All right, let's get back to today's show. Mm. Affluent families prioritize importance of financial literacy from the very, very beginning. And this scope goes into how do they start investing into their future? I was sitting down with a couple of military, not military, millionaire families and uh, a few of them, actually not a couple, a few of them said, man, we actually take our kids to our financial um, advisor meetings um, and we show them how we are setting money aside for our days when we're going to retire. One of the families said one of the most valuable things that we have is time. And I do not want to keep son, daughter, exchanging my time for money. I am exchanging my money to buy back my time. And when I get to this age, I no longer want to be in a position to where I have to get up to go run this business. I no longer want to be in a position to where I have to be present to make money. I want my money to be making me money and the money that it could be making me money in the future starts now with me investing it. So they open up, they have their kids open up IRAs, custodial IRAs at the age of 10, at the age age of 12. Woo! And so not only are they showing their kids, hey, we've invested X amount of dollars into our retirement. Not only are they explaining to their kids while they're with their financial advisor, hey, um, I can't touch this money until I'm 55, until I'm 65 years old. Well, mom, dad, why can't you touch it? Because son, I'm going to get old. And when I get old, I don't want you to have to pay for my bills because um, um, I, I wasn't smart at my healthy age right now. And so we're going to invest so that when we get older, yes, you will have to take care of mom and dad. But financially, you do not have to take care of mom and dad. So what we're going to do is, son, because we want to do this at 65, I want you to be in a position. Ooh, this gets me excited. I want you to be in a position at 45 to where if you decide to where you don't want to work no more, you don't have to. So we're going to start investing for you at 10. So when you get your commission check from us and we give you $100, you're going to give $10 to the Lord and you're going to put $15 into your Roth IRA, into your custodial IRA. What's going on, fam? It's your boy, Anthony O'Neill. Have you ever wanted to uh, get into a new culture? Or are you even thinking about taking a trip and you really want to know what people are saying around you? Or maybe you're like me and you want to learn something new. I remember how hard it was to learn a language in school. Because the textbooks, it wasn't enough for me. Well, let me introduce you to my new friends over at Rosetta Stone. It's a top choice for learning languages and has been for over 30 years. Now you can use it right on your computer or on your phone. It's more than just trusting and remembering words. It's about getting deep into the language, being able to speak, listen, and even think differently. You see, Rosetta Stone has 25 languages from Spanish to French to even Japanese and a whole lot more. They even have this cool speech recognition called True Accent that helps you say things right. And there's a special deal just for you. 
a lifetime membership to all 25 languages for 50% off. So don't wait. Now's the perfect time to start learning a new language. My listeners can get this awesome deal for a limited time. Just go to rosettastone.com slash today. Start unlocking languages and traveling with no worries by going to rosettastone.com slash today. Let's forget about all these language barriers and let's get into today's show. What's going on, family? It's your boy, Anthony O'Neill. Now, before we get into today's show, I want to talk about something that's very important to me. You see, growing up, seeing folks who looked like me on TV, hearing them on the radio or reading their words, it showed me we could own our own narratives. It's more than just seeing black faces. It's about hearing our truths. You see, legends like Oprah and icons like Tyler Perry, they weren't just entertaining. They were mirrors of our resilience, our joy and our struggles. That's why NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths hits totally different. It's a whole vibe of celebration, capturing every shade of our experience. Imagine diving into the tales that speak to our soul, from the laughter and love to the real talk about what shapes us, from legends in the game to stories about our everyday heroes. This collection has no bounds. You see, recently I got to tune into an episode and let me keep it real with you. It's like sitting down with my family. The host, the stories, it's all about us and it's for us. It's real, it's raw, it's relevant, and it's uplifting. Showing every facet of being black in today's world. It's time to level up our playlist. After today's show, dive into Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR. Wherever you get your podcasts, Let's keep making sure our stories are told by us for us. Now, let's get to today's show. What's going on, family? Let's talk about something that's been buzzing in the tech world, AI safety and security. How do you feel about the rapid advancements in AI and the potential risk that it brings? Have you heard of the stories about AI being tricked? It's a real concern, but fear not because there's a real solution, AI Red Teaming. You see, AI Red Teaming is all about stress testing. You see, AI models and deployments to prevent unauthorized access and data leaks. It's about ensuring that your AI can't be tricked into providing information beyond its intended use. And guess what? You don't have to do it alone. My friends over at HackerOne has a community of over 750 active hackers specializing in AI security testing. You see, in a recent engagement, just 18 hackers identified over 100 valid findings in just two weeks. That's the power of ethical hackers. Wow. So if you want to ensure the safety and security of your AI deployments, look no further. Head over to HackerOne.com and explore their AI red teaming services. With strategic flexibility, rapid deployment, and a hybrid talent strategy, HackerOne has everyone, everything you need to safeguard your AI. Don't let AI keep you up at night. Visit HackerOne.com today and rest easy knowing that your AI is in safe hands. Okay. Like, like now kids are like, okay, cool, great. You're telling me that if I start doing this now and when I get older and I graduate college or whatever, when I turn 18, I really only got to bust my butt until 40. So that's only like 22 years compared to people working 40 years to get 40 percent of their check to only enjoy the next 20 years of their life. And you're telling me if I do this now, I can buy back more of my time. Kids are, those kids are excited. Like I was talking to one of the kids. I said, um, how much money you got in your account? He said, man, we started, dad, when did we start? He was like, man, we started with you like at, I think like 10. He was like, man, at 17, like I can't remember what it was, but I know it was like, like $300,000 is already in this account. And I'm like, wow, what? How do you? But again, it starts because parents are having that conversation that, son, you don't want to work until you're 70. You, you, you don't want to work until you're 65. Oh, put it like this. You may want to work, but you're going to work because you enjoy doing what you're doing, not because you have to work. And I remember one of the saddest things in my life was that when I was in New York, and I remember I was there for a media hit, 
while I was at Ramsey Solutions. And I remember going to back to my hotel room, like at, at close to, I think it was like eight o'clock at night. I just got media hit. And when I got to the room, an elderly lady was in my room cleaning up. And she was, I had to say, at least in her 80s. I can't remember the exact time. I don't want to lie. She was in her 80s. And she was struggling getting around my bed. And when, 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 when I was coming in the room, I heard her say, Jesus, help me get through the day. And when I heard her, I said, oh, no. Oh, no. Man, I, I, told, I told, told the young lady, elderly lady, but I call her young lady. I told the young lady, I said, hey, ma'am, thank you so much. But I can make up my own bed. You know what I'm saying? I'm 30-something years old. I got you. Yo, get some rest, uh, and thank you so much. And she said, well, babe, you sure, baby? I said, yes, ma'am. I said, the only thing I need from you is some lotion. It was like 20 degrees outside, and my knees were ashy. <laughs> and she started walking back. She got the lotion, came back, gave it to me. I gave her a $100 tip because I'll be there for one more night. I said, hey, God bless you. Thank you so much. And as she started walking back to the door uh, to her um, thing to go clean the other rooms. She looked at me, turned around, and she said, "Young man, make sure you use your youthfulness wisely, because you do not want to be my age doing what I'm doing for you." She turned back around, closed the door, said, "God bless you." I remember sitting on my couch and I said, "That will not be my wife." That will not be my mother. That will not be my sister. That will not be my kids. And that will not be the people within inside of my community. And I know for sure it's not going to be my kids because we're going to teach them earlier on how to invest. What she was simply telling me without telling me was, I have to do this. I don't have no retirement. I didn't make any investments. And I don't know her circumstances before then. And I'm, I, I don't want to be insensitive to her circumstances before then. But what I am saying is our kids do not have to go through hell. They do not need to be working until 80 to 70 to 60. Our kids can have true freedom earlier on if we're willing to have the uncomfortable conversations up front. And the reason why it's going to be uncomfortable is because of this. Watch this. It's because you may not be doing it right now. And just because you're not doing it doesn't mean you don't need to be teaching it. Because the truth of the fact is our kids need it. I heard one parent say this and I, 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 about, I, about, I got upset. She said, how can I teach my, my, my son to be a virgin uh, before marriage? And I wasn't, I was clapping these cheeks before then. I was like, excuse me? I said, that has to be one of the dumbest things a mother can say. And, and I probably should have said that differently. But even the way she was talking, I was like, you talk to your kids like that? I'm like, I don't care what you did when you was 15 years old. You know, the best thing you can do is tell your kids, yo, listen, abstain. And if you're not teaching the abstain message, then you need to be teaching at least protect yourself message. Let's be real. But you can't tell your kids go there and clap them cheeks. But I was, I was upset because I'm like, yo, I, I don't want to get in your personal business, but you can't teach that to your kids because you didn't do it. Train your kids up in the way that they should go, not in the way that you went. The Bible is clear. Train the child in the way that they should go. The Bible says, be a good steward with your money. The Bible says, abstain until marriage. Just train your kids what the Bible is saying. And if they say, well, mom, dad, did you do that? You can say, no, but I wish I could have. No, but here's the lessons that I learned from those mistakes, son, from daughter. You got to have the, the real conversation and say, you know what? I'm teaching you this because I wish somebody ta taught me this and held me accountable to it. Oh, this is this is good. This is good. I whoop, boy, this is good. Here's number five. Um, um, wealthy people are teaching their kids networking is an asset. Um, don't look at your friends as only friends. Um, don't look at people um, as only just people. No, they're an asset. Um, um, they are, they, they, they call this in a book that I was reading when it comes to building wealth, there's, 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 there's three kind of, of components when it comes uh, to wealth. You have relationship equity, intellect equity, 
and uh, actually not relationship equity. You have relationship capital, which is people, intellect, people, right? And then finances. And so uh, relationships, what kind of relationships can you build, son, daughter, that may not be cash liquid, but it's cash value? Um, I was just having a meeting with my team and something went down and, and I was disappointed by how somebody responded to something. And I gave this particular individual some money to possibly do a particular job for me. And they said, hey, it's non-refundable. I said, okay, cool, great. And I said, no, no problem. God bless you. Keep it. And I told my team, I said, man, the downfall is you ruined a relationship to keep a certain amount of money. This world is, this world is taught by money, not relationships. And for me, I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's start teaching our kids. Yo, listen, that young kid who you picking on right now, you don't know where he's going to be at. You don't know where she's going to be at in the future. That, that young kid who possibly can't dress today, you don't, don't, don't pick on them. Be a good friend. Respect them. You ain't got to be the best of friends with them, but you got to respect people. That, that, you know how many people picked on me when I was up because I had big old ears? Because my father made me wear church shoes every single day to, uh, to school. And now when I go back home, when I look at the same people who were picking on me, now they're coming to me for advice. Now they're coming looking for me. Hey, yo, can I get a job? When they see that I'm hiring, I'm be honest with you all. I'm like, nah, bro, you didn't respect me. You didn't value the relationship we could have had. And we got to start teaching our young people that wealth isn't just about money. It's about the people you know and the relationships you maintain. The value of mentorship, networking, and beneficial relationships can't be overestimated. It, it just can't be. We got to start teaching young people. You know, um, uh, for me, I have several people. I don't talk to them every day. I don't talk to them every week, but every birthday, every anniversary, every special event. Man, I fly out to people to just sit with them for a day. I'll go out on their birthdays and just show up. I fly in before their birthday dinner and fly out right after their birthday dinner. Why? Because I understand that relationships, relationship capital is so important to building wealth. Ooh. Um, um, because when I die, I'm not just leaving my kids with a check, but I'm also leaving them with relationships. I was with the big name, big name pastor, big name pastor. He said, man, you see that Rolls Royce outside? I was like, yeah, what's up? How much thing I paid for? I was like, man, about, about a half a million, about 400, 450. Sugar says, mm-mm. I was about 600. Mm-mm. I said, you got it on sale? 300? He said, mm-mm. How much you pay for it? Nothing. I was like, excuse me? What you mean nothing? He said, uh, I know the owner of the dealership. He gave it to me for a free lease for three years. Goes to my church. Son was going through major surgery. He could have lost his life. And went there. I'll never forget. I was out of town preaching somewhere, and I flew back in early just so I can pray over his son. After praying over his son, I built a real good relationship with him. Didn't know he owned a car dealership. And um, every anniversary of this season that his son was in there, I would call him and just, you know, check up on him, talk to his son, pray with him. Uh, they'll come by the church, man, we'll go out and we'll get dinner. And he said, in one day, it was like four years later, I asked him, I was like, hey, man, what do you do, bro? Like, what do you do? I said, man, I own a dealership. I own a couple of dealerships. I was like, man, nice. Um, and he said, for one of his anniversaries, I don't want to give too, too much personal information. He said, for one of his anniversaries, um, uh, he walked up and he gave them an envelope. And inside the envelope were the keys and with the letter in there. Thank you for not just being my pastor, but for being my friend. Three years on us. Gave him the car for three years on a lease for free. Now, I don't agree with leasing. If you give me three years for free, I'm going to take it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take it. But it shows that the power of relationships. Listen. You know how many doors were opened for me because of relationships? Do you know how many doors I've been open for other people because of my relationships?
And so we got to start teaching our younger people early on. You don't know where Billy, where, where Jake's, where this person may be in the next 10, 15 years. Respect them. You see this young kid being picked on? Man, go over there and say, you know what? You cool, bro. You cool, sis. I'm sorry about that. Don't pay them no mind. Walk with them to the classroom. Be respectful. Teach them the importance of being mentored by someone outside of you. That mentor doesn't need to take the place of your parent, of your parenting, of your role, but, but teach them the importance of, hey, mentorship is key. And mentoring is key. We got to start teaching them the importance of relationship capital. In this book, it says relationship capital is way more important than financial capital. Because if you know someone, they can always move things around or call in a favor or make something disappear that money sometimes just can't do. That's a good one. Here's number six. They teach their kids to always to be always, um, always learn something. Like embrace always learning. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier when this millionaire kid, this millionaire is teaching their kids, like, hey, you got to read 30 minutes every single day on your field. Well, in this one, uh, on this one, what I saw with, with other millionaires, they expressed like, hey, when the kids, it's, I'm trying to say this correctly. I started noticing that before the kids came and asked their parents' question, they went and did some research beforehand. And so when they would come and ask their parents about, let's say for an example, Dad, what is uh, an IRA? They would go back and they would Google it. They would go back and they would YouTube it. They would go back and do some research. And, and they'll be like, hey, Dad, I had a question because I heard your mom talking about IRA at your financial meetings and you told us we're going to get a custodial Roth IRA. And I didn't really know what that was. So I went and Googled this and I saw this and I saw that it is ABC. Is that correct? So what I saw with, with these millionaire kids is um, um, they're being taught, hey, go do research. Don't take somebody's word for it. Always educate yourself and make sure that you're always teaching your business, your number one asset, your mind, something new. When you wake up in the morning, instead of for looking on Instagram and Facebook, hey, son, how about, you know, just, I don't know, read something. Read something brand new before you jump on social media. Now, I'm not saying this is something that all the kids were doing. I'm giving you the, the top 10 things that I saw wealthy individual parents do. Not all parents were doing all 10 of these things, but I'm just saying, okay, what did I see and what are the top 10 things that I will make sure that I will put into my kids? And this is something that my nieces, that my nephews and my niece are going through right now. Like they're learning how to play the piano. They're learning at six, at five years old. I'm like, Yvette, Glenn, what are y'all doing? <laughs> my nephews and niece are stupid smart. Because our family is like, you're not going to be where your mom and your uncles were. No. We're going to give you this education earlier on. You're going to graduate high school with two years of college already complete. You're going to be so educated that people are going to be like, who and what and where are you? If, if, if our kids can get attracted to learning, our kids will never be broke. They will never be living paycheck to paycheck because if they're always learning, they're always growing. If they're always growing, they're going to make money. That's it. Here's number seven. <laughs> I like this. And I'm trying to figure out how to say it correctly. Um, wealthy people will teach their young people, their kids, how to diversify their strategy. Um, pretty much it's like, don't put all of your information, don't put all of your money, don't put all of your resources into one bucket. Diversify. So, 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 hey, listen, you're going to have a nine to five job. That's one bucket. 
master that nine to five job. Once you get that job down, all right, cool, great. How do you start a side business? As you are building this side business, okay, what investments can you be investing into more like real estate or like land that requires a little bit of upfront work, but then it then returns into a little bit of passive income. There's still action required, but you have a little bit of passive income. Okay, cool, great. Um, um, how can you start, maybe start another business? Like they teach their kids multiple streams of income. Don't put all of your money. Don't put all of your effort. Don't put all of your resources into one thing. Step back and see what other businesses, what other opportunities can you invest into? And this goes into number eight because they teach them you have to have hard work ethic. Pretty much hard work is true value. They teach them that, okay, as you're working, as you're putting in an effort, as you are doing things diligently and effectively, diversify it. Okay, son, you're doing good in school right here. Cool, great. When you come home, what small business can you start from home? Can you walk dogs? Can, can you, you know, babysit dogs on the weekend with our permission in the backyard? Um, maybe you can, if you're good with computer stuff, maybe you can help other people with uh, apps and, 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 and homework assignments. You know, if you're a senior in high school and you're in AP classes, maybe you can tutor kids in middle school. Like they start teaching them ahead of time on how to start looking at life and how to start creating multiple streams of income, multiple streams of assets with hard work. With hard work. So not only are they investing at 10 years old, not only are they putting in all their effort as a high schooler and as a middle schooler, but they're coming home and saying, you know what, mom and dad, I see y'all working. I see y'all building a business. Can I build a business? I wrote this big old um, packet called the Teen Entrepreneur, uh, the Teen Entrepreneurial Toolkit. I'm going to link that in today's show notes. It's on Amazon. Um, I did this while I was at Ramsey, but it, it's just amazing of how we were able to take this this toolkit and study other millionaires and other successful families who made their kids start a business. So impactful. One kid left off and he started cutting grass, making $80,000 a year, four, four months out of the year. Graduated high school, paid for all of his college, got a scholarship, had all this money going there, kept his business cutting grass because he went to an in-state local school, kept, kept that. So he worked hard for four months, made 80 grand cutting grass. What? Graduate college debt free. He should be graduating right around now. Yeah, should be graduating right around now. And you, you, you can't tell me. That's not brilliant. But I hear most parents, and most parents are not, not going to like what I'm about to say. Most parents tell their kids, don't worry about working while you're in school. Focus on education. And I think that's false. I don't care if your kids can only work three hours a week. Your kids need to be working. They need to be spreading out a little bit of their resources. Their priorities should be on completing college, but can they put four hours into work a week? Can they put three hours, five hours, whatever that is into working? Can they start working so they can start investing the money into their future? We got to stop telling our kids to be comfortable. Just do this. Come home. Don't worry about nothing. If there's no strategy, they are going to be just like you. And I don't know about you. I don't want my kids to be just like me. There's a strategy to everything. And here are the last two things. Here are the last two things. And these are these two things are important. We got to teach them the role of money. Um, money is not the end all be all. Money is a powerful tool to open up doors and create opportunities. However, it shouldn't be seen as the only source of happiness and fulfillment. Okay, son, you got $100,000 at the time of uh, graduation. I will pray that your kids will see. This is so good right here, God. Thank you. Um, my goal is that when my kids graduate high school, if I have kids, you know, I'm about to hit 40. I don't know if I'm going to have kids. I'm going to be real. Uh, but my prayer is that, let me, talk, let me talk to my niece and my nephews. 
Um, my niece and nephews have almost three 529 plans out there. I have a plan for all of my niece, all of my nephews and one niece. My parents have a 529 plan and their parents have, I mean, some stuff set up for them. So guaranteed, all of my nephews and, and niece, by the time they graduate high school, high school by the time they um, turn 18 years old, they're going to have a couple hundred thousand dollars sitting there waiting for them, cash liquid. And my prayer is not that they get happy because they see all this money. My prayer is that they see this money as a tool to get them to where they want to go eventually. Not like, oh, my God, I can go buy this. I can go buy that. I, I pray that with all the information between their, their mom and dad, between myself, because they watch my shows, they get it from me. To this day, I haven't given my, my nephews and niece no gifts. I've given them money into their account, and I showed them the receipts. Like, hey, I put money inside of your, your, your uh, 529. Because a 529, if they do not go to school, that can be converted over into an IRA. Now I've just invested into their future. If they never put no money in that, from just my money alone, it's going to be worth a million dollars by the time they turn 45, 50 years old. Just my money. If they never put no money into it, because after 18, I ain't giving them no more money. <laughs> but if they just let that thing sit there and let it sit there for another 20, 30 years, they're a millionaire. Just from that. My kids right now, I have, I have a 529 for my kids, if I have kids. And it's inside of my trust. Before they even turn probably 15, they're going to be worth a half a million to a million dollars. But I pray that my nephews, my niece, and my kids see this money and say, you know what? Okay, this is a tool to get me to here. Let's go. Thank you, aunt. Th thank you, auntie. Thank you, grandma. Thank you, grandpa. Thank you, mama. Thank you, daddy. Let's go. I have a, I have a head start that my peers do not have. I got the education. Let me go run this bag. Let me go do this. Let me go do that. So that way, when I turn 40, 45, I'm sitting on a cool two, three million dollars because of the wisdom, because of the efforts and the resources that my family gave me. And it leads me to the last one. A money is a great tool to not only build for the future, but also to be generous. And I see wealthy people teaching their kids, the power of generosity. The power of being able to see someone in need and say, hey, I see you in need. I want to give you this. I, rem I remember being around these wealthy individuals, man, and seeing their kids get excited about going to serve during Thanksgiving time. Those kids got excited to be able to give something away to help somebody's life have a little bit more peace today. But I come home and sometimes I see kids are selfish. They, 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 they don't care about nobody else. They, they, it's all about them. And it's not about how can we serve our community? How can we give back? And I pray that my kids see their mom and dad get excited about giving. When we're cutting that check with, for tithe and offerings, the Bible says be a cheerful giver. I want my kids to see me cheerfully giving. I want my nephews and my niece to see me cheerfully giving. I want that to pass down to them because I believe when God can trust us with the little, he'll expand it to more. One of my one of my biggest goals is that, you know, let's say for an example, I only need let's say my number to live off of is 15 million. OK, I'm praying to asking God for 250, 250 million dollars. Why? Because I want to live off of my tithe. I want to be able to say I give away more than I live off of. I want to be able to say that my name the O'Neill family impacts the community. And my pastor was saying, we're building a church to impact this area. And I said, okay, all right. I came home, my tithe and offering throughout the year, it's, it's six figures. I said, God, what do you want me to give? 
And I'll be honest with you all. God put six figures in my head to give on top of the six figures I already given tithes and offerings. I said, excuse me? But then I sat back. I said, man, I am in a position to where I can cut a check for six figures and be a blessing to my community. Man, I got excited. I, I got excited. I went to church that day. I worshiped like I've never worshiped before because I was about to give the biggest this is about to be the biggest year in tithe and offerings that I've ever given in my entire life. Hey, what I've given over the last two years in tithe and offerings probably combined matches more than my tithes and offerings for all of my life. And the fact that I can do that, I get excited. And I said, God, I want to be able to give more. Like, God, I want to get to a point to where I can give seven figures in tithing offerings to my church. I want to help my church pay off the mortgage. I, I want to be in a position where my kids see me excited because we're giving. I don't want my kids to see me being selfish. I don't want my nephews and my niece seeing me be selfish. No, no, no. I want them to see, man, we're getting excited, but we get to do this. We get to do that. I can't wait. So these are the 10 things. These are the 10 things that I've seen wealthy individuals teach their kids that if I am blessed to teach my kids, if I'm blessed to have kids, I will be teaching this to my kids. I'm already teaching this to our, to my nephews and my niece. And I pray that you do this as well. So click the link in today's show description, get the free PDF. I want you to read through them. I want you to sit down with your, with your spouse. I want you to talk about how can we incorporate these things inside of our young people. And if you and your spouse are not together, get on the phone with them and say, hey, listen, this ain't about you and I, but how can we set our son, our daughter, our children up for success? When they're with you and when they're with me, we got to make sure we're on the same page when it comes to this information, we don't have to be on the same page with you and I romantically, but for the sake of our kids, let's get on the same page. All right. Yo, it's your boy, Anthony O'Neill. Click that link. Get your kids into therapy. Get this PDF. Get them into therapy with BetterHelp. And I promise you, we all are going to be raising a dope generation of young people. It's your boy, Ayo. I'll see you in the next show. Peace out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.